Well, the UCLA Bruins, Mick Cronin, they've slowly begun the process of riding the ship. What does that mean? I'll tell you. It's Locked On UCLA. Let's hit it. You are Locked On UCLA, your daily podcast on the UCLA Bruins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey everybody, it's your favorite host, it's Zach Anderson, the Oxheimer. Welcome back into Locked On UCLA, the podcast that you can get wherever you get your podcast for free, and it's available on YouTube, so like, comment, and subscribe. Thanks for your support. In the meantime, this episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs, where you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently this year in 2023, match those open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve those goals this year. Host your job for free at linkedin.com slash Locked on college terms and conditions apply. No terms and conditions apply here for the Bruins as they walked away with this Washington week with a sweep over both the Huskies and the Cougars this year in the regular season. And what everybody was seemingly afraid of a Washington state matchup, which is the dark horse to maybe make a run in the PAC 12 tournament to be a scare in everybody's games for the rest of the PAC 12 season. The Bruins were able to handle Washington state quite nicely. And despite a kind of back and forth first 10 to 15 minutes. The Bruins walk away with a 24-point dub against the Cougars after a slightly frightening second half against Washington the previous couple of nights before. The Bruins walk away and beat the Cougars in dominant fashion, outscoring them by 15 in the second half to win by 24. What was nice to see? Well, we can go up and down the line for a variety, a variety of reasons. We're going to talk about what this means going forward heading into the Oregon week and why it was nice for them to write the ship. First, the Bruins shot much better. 48% kind of diversified the scoring, 41% from three, nine of 22, seven of 11 from the free throw line. But most importantly, they took care of the basketball. 10 turnovers to Wazoo's 15. The Bruins are able to get back in the score sheet, scoring 19 points off of those 15 turnovers, doing what they do best, hitting the glass, hitting the boards, and shutting down opponents' elite, lethal offensive weapons. First, we're going to talk offensively. Nice to see Jalen Clark. 12 points, albeit on 15 shots. But in the second half, Clark, you could say, didn't say exploded, but was able to see Clark. We were able to see Clark go for 9 points, 9 shots, 3 rebounds in 17 minutes of second half action. So we can start to see Clark slowly build that confidence offensively which we've seen slowly wane in existence during Pac-12 play, because as I've always said, especially in the non-conference, Jalen Clark, if you've been paying attention to this podcast throughout the basketball season, I've mentioned he is my MVP for this Bruins team, and I've been kind of telling you that his defense was key. And right as I said, maybe the offense isn't as necessary with Amari Bailey coming back healthy. Clark scoring efficiently, in my mind, has now changed my idea that Clark scoring efficiently needs to be a key going forward for the Bruins. Efficiency wasn't on its mind, but maybe the second half can be a springboard for something heading for Jalen Clark on the road, where we'll talk about it throughout the week, but he has not been the most lethal elite scorer on the road, especially shooting from three, where I believe he's below like 20% from downtown the road. But Clark, nice to see him get back offensively. Again, next thing, Adumbona. 
Bona was spectacular for the Bruins. And, and you're not going to see it fully in the stat sheet, right? In 29 minutes of action, nine points, three rebounds. He had a couple of turnovers in 29 minutes, but three blocks, two steals, and able to play some elite defense on Muhammad Gay, who had six points, four rebounds in 31 minutes. I believe the last game, Muhammad Gay had over 30 points and 12 boards, had 18 and 18 against the Bruins the first time. Second time out tells you about the adjustments Mick Cronin can make and how much Adem Bona and company are growing together as a unit. Bona slowly building. You can hear Don McLean praising the Bruins in that Pac-12 network stream. Of course, you know, you could argue one of the Bruin better players. You can't say goats, McLean, legendary Bruin player, right? Talking about Bona's growth and building through the season. Well, when Washington State's best player, Muhammad Gay, can't score more than six points against what we've been worried about. I've been worried about what, what's the post presence going to look like. Gay can sometimes take over games. He did not do so. You have to give a Dem Bona the proper credit. And it's not like a double digit, double, double, you know, nine point, 10 points, 10 rebounds, but he's learning to do things defensively and slowly the offensive game will get there. It was the game winner against Washington state that won that game in late December this time, defensively, nice to see him slowly build and become a nice player. And then finally, in this first segment for Locked On to UCLA, a lot, a lot of positive. We're being positive in this reaction to UCLA beating Washington State, because why not? The team that's gone on the road and beaten Arizona by 13, beaten SC at home, they've gotten some weird wins, some weird losses to the Cougars. But when UCLA holds on and sweeps Washington State, that only makes UCLA look a little bit better in the eyes of maybe the beholder, or most importantly, the committee. Third things, third, you've got Tiger Campbell. Didn't shoot the ball well, but the ability to facilitate. 30 minutes, nine assists, only two turnovers, three rebounds. Him being that floor general, Tiger Campbell, probably being one of those Bruins that Mick Cronin was alluding to, those senior veteran guys, turning over the basketball when they played SC, that second half against Washington, that turnover bug that plagued them those games against a little bit of against Arizona, but mostly against the SC in that second half collapse for the second time this season. Campbell, nine assists, two turnovers. If you saw Josh Lewin on Twitter, he posted his little pregame notes and how Tiger Campbell had been one of those guys turning over the basketball more than he had ever been in these last couple of games, the Washington, the USC game, almost uncharacteristically. Mick Cronin's listed this before in pregame, postgame, after practice, pre-practice, whatever his media availability interviews have said, he's always said yeah, it can be shocking when it comes to Tiger Campbell turning over the basketball. And quite frankly, those last two games when they struggled, if people aren't shooting and Tiger Campbell is turning it over and they get skittish and they lose their offensive flow, the Bruins run through Tiger to set up a Hawkins, to set up a Bona, Singleton or to a Clark. But it starts with Tiger who brings it up the floor so many times, so often, even when they get ready in the half-court set. So it's nice to see him distribute the ball, even if the offense wasn't there individually, distribute the basketball and not turn it over like we know Tiger can do so. But nine assists, great to see Campbell do so. Now we're going to talk some things, what the Bruins are able to do defensively after I tell you about LinkedIn jobs. And you know, it's a new year. I know we're into the second month of 2023, but hey, if you're a small business owner or a hiring manager, 
you should know that all your success in 2023 can depend on the team members you surround yourself with. That's why you should check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire those qualified candidates more efficiently by matching those open roles with the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. LinkedIn Jobs quickly quickly attracts those qualified candidates. You can beyond, go beyond resume data. You can find those people, those qualified candidates for fast and for free. You can screen and rate qualified applicants all in one platform. Small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. Again, that's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Rocking and rolling into segment two of Locked On UCLA. We're just kind of picking the pieces apart from the UCLA week against Washington and Washington State, mostly the Washington State game. But after a great first half against Washington, against the Huskies, 38-22 to 22 start to the first 20 minutes, and then the near collapsing, the Huskies close in on a seven-point game. It was nice to see the Bruins in a game where it was 22-20. to 20. Don McLean, quote, said, this doesn't feel like a two-point game. It feels like UCLA is leading by more, despite that slight quick start by the Cougars in that game, I believe six to two, back and forth until the 20s. And then the Bruins went on an 8-0 blitz. After McLean said that, UCLA ended up leading the first half by eight, despite those last two seconds taking like 20 minutes, it seemed like, on a miss, a turnover, a heave, foul, whatever it was at right before the half. UCLA, boom, second half, turn it on, turn the lights out, said goodnight, and said no, no, no upset Cougars today, and put Washington State to bed, winning that second half by 15 points, 41 points to Washington State's 26, keeping the Cougars only 26, and proven with Mick Cronin, I believe the Josh Lewin stat that he posted and probably talked about, when teams score less than 66 points, UCLA, according to Josh Lewin, the main man, the broadcaster, the ones and twos for UCLA football and basketball, he said, I believe the Bruins are 63, maybe now 64 and three, 63 and three or 64 and three when it comes to holding teams under 66 points in the Mick Cronin era. So when they don't give up points, and they're playing elite defense, and like this team has been, as Mick Corona alludes to, you can look to any other analyst, and I'll tell it to you one again, once again. Not sure what these numbers are at this moment, but in the Ken Palm efficiency rankings, whether it comes to offense, the net rankings, whatever it is, offense, defense, defense, they're top four, top three, top two in the country, which is why they're so dangerous in March, because they will force teams into turnovers, and they'll never be out of the game. Even offensively, despite all these struggles in the second halves of games, the Bruins... They're still a top 30 team offensively because they can be so efficient scoring the basketball on a consistent basis. I'm not even sure if they were that good tonight, but they scored 76 points. Why? Because you can just look at how good their defense is, forcing 15 turnovers, turning those into points. And then when it comes to attacking the glass, UCLA wins the rebounding battle today against a good rebounding threat in Muhammad Gay, plus eight on the boards. Of course, Washington State struggled to shoot the ball usually means more rebounds up for grab for the Bruins. And usually the team who has more defensive rebounding opportunities will grab more. The Bruins did that tonight. In addition to out-rebounding Washington State on the offensive glass, 13 offensive rebounds to 11 offensive rebounds 
and the Bruins had 16 second chance points. So even if they weren't making on the first chance, they were making it on the second conversion. And one last thing, sheer dominance in the paint, which wasn't exactly the case the first time these two teams played. UCLA, 36 points in the paint compared to 12 for Washington State, where when you have a threat like one Muhammad Gay and a Washington State team that can love to shoot the ball, it's one thing. UCLA in that first game against Washington State, 20 points in the paint. Washington State scored 22. That was the first time when they barely beat Washington State the first time by a point, and nobody knows how they really did it. The second time, the Bruins came out, brought the sledgehammer, and were able to get the job done in the paint, hit 40% of their threes, turn the team over, and play efficient UCLA basketball in the 2022-2023 to season. As we know how. Again, Singleton's been coming off the bench, playing 23 minutes, 8 points, a couple of rebounds, a couple of assists. Hasn't exactly gotten cold. Well, he has gone, he was struggling in Pauly Pavilion, I believe, to put the stat of he missed like 20 straight threes in Pauly Pavilion or something ridiculous for Singleton. But Singleton had a little bit of a cold stretch, but he's slowly transitioning back into that six-man score shooting mentality off the bench, being that veteran guy that comes off and isn't going to get your 10 shots a game generally with so many guys, Clark shooting 15 shots, Bailey getting 10 points and seven shots, Campbell, Hawkins, they're hogging a lot of the shots, so Singleton's opportunities will come now fewer and far between. But nice to see him score eight points, because what am I alluding to? The bench scoring. UCLA, 17 bench points to Washington State, zero. And yes, they were struggling without DJ Rodman, who did score 19 points against the Bruins, the first time they played again in late December. So that was a key guy. The Cougars a little shorthanded against SC, again against UCLA. Gay just could not be up to the challenge despite a bomba good night with 19 points and Powell with 17. But again, I've talked about the bench before, and even some of you guys talk about in the comments, especially on YouTube and social media. UCLA has such a tight rotation, and they do, and they're able to get some bench guys tonight. But when they can outscore a team any points, to the opposition's zero, you're going to take that a million out of a million because most likely, barring a superhuman effort on the opposition, UCLA will win that game. And tonight, they did that in dominant fashion. You could argue with what? A Dylan Andrews, four, and a Singleton, eight. Maybe that combines to an eight to a 10. And Washington State got zero points from their bench despite having 30 minutes from their bench. The Bruins did what they needed to do. Force turnovers, turn it into easy buckets, and see what it provides nicely when, oh, Amari Bailey's back in the starting line. But he's not taking a couple of games to warm up. He has scored double figures in every game. So Singleton and Bailey now readjusting to their new roles, learning, hey, the Bruins have a new guy on the floor that's not spotting up and shooting. It's a guy who can be ball dominant with the left hand attacking the other way, a slicing guy, a driver who can score and hit a couple of threes like Bailey did tonight who just continues to impress me more and more since he's recovered from injury over that last month. In the meantime, we're going to talk about what this means for UCLA moving forward. What's at stake? Everybody's coming up on the heels. How close are those teams right behind the Bruins heading into the next week before they go take on Oregon and Oregon State on the road in what could be some tough places to play if you don't show up on a given night? Well, we'll tell you. After we tell you about Built Bar, because hey, you know, Built Bar, it's that delicious treat. 
it's that snack that doesn't have any of the fat, the calories. It's a built bar because, you know, like me in December and then throughout January, I knew I wasn't eating as healthy through the holidays, but then January continued it. Heck, I've got, you know, an unhealthy dinner waiting for me after I finish this podcast. But if I wanted to have a snack, I should be like, wait a minute. I should get a built bar. It's late. Let's have a built bar. Eat one. 100% real chocolate. Fills you up. That's right. Real chocolate. Only, you know, 17 grams of protein. Wow. 130 calories. Only 4 grams of sugar. Don't wait around. Go to built.com. Get yourself a box of built bars. Churro flavor. Peanut butter brownie. Coconut almond to name a few. I believe that that's a quite an array of flavors right there. Cookies and cream. Double chocolate, coconut puffs. Remember we talked about coconut puffs before? Check them out at BuiltBar.com or Built.com and get yourself a Built Bar. Four-bar boxes, 13-bar boxes. You can go to a Sam's Club, a Walmart. You see a Built Bar? Grab one, eat it, enjoy it now. You're, you're, watch, you're listening, you're watching to the podcast? Grab a Built Bar. You'll thank me later. Go grab yourself a Built Bar. Meantime, rumbling on, third segment of Locked on UCLA. What does this week mean for the Bruins, and what does it mean with who's coming forward and who's chasing UCLA in the standings? Well, the teams right behind UCLA are coming with a fury. And before this week, it was pretty jumbled up. Utah, Arizona State, even Oregon, relatively within somewhat striking distance, right? Fairly close in some way or another. But instead, Oregon suffered a loss. You had a Utah who stumbled two games in a row now, Arizona State, as those teams between Utah and Arizona State slowly stumble potentially out of NCAA tournament consideration, while the three teams that we all expect to be in perfectly right now, based on the last few weeks, for one, Arizona and SC, and what UCLA's done all season, Arizona getting that win against UCLA, USC doing the same, both home wins, they have surged themselves not only into NCAA tournament consideration. Arizona, they're, of course, ranked higher than the Bruins, surging further and further up the seed line. SE becoming more and more secure as an NCAA tournament team and improving their draft, improving their stock. They're also closing in on the Bruins in the Pac-12 standings. The Bruins, by riding the ship, did not cough up first place this week. And with Arizona looming as the regular season finale, that could very well serve as the first place regular season championship in the Pac-12 that night for the one seed, the Pac-12 tournament as well. You probably heard Don McLean talking about it, the broadcast. Hey, you can set yourself up for a quad one win later in the season, especially in the Pac-12 tournament for some of those teams that need it, or for a UCLA who might be trying to earn themselves as high, you know, we, we saw number one go down in Purdue. We saw number two go down. We've seen so many teams go down this year. Who knows? Even with four losses, UCLA could still, theoretically, earn a one seed. So don't discount the Bruins, but they do need to win almost every game from here on out if they want to get a one seed. Don't, don't, mis, don't misquote me. Don't say something stupid. The Bruins have to win every game out, barring one weird, wacky Pac-12 tournament game to get a one seed. But that's how tight it is to win a one seed, dare I say, to a four if you drop all the way down in the Pac-12 tournament or the Pac-12. UCLA is 10-2. and two. In the Pac-12 currently at the recording of this podcast. Arizona nipping at their heels at 10-3, and three, a half game back. Already a leg up in the head-to-head -head series with six consecutive wins. And just behind the two of them in third place is USC, 9-3 and three in the Pac-12. And they've won themselves four straight games. 
And all those games for either side have included wins against UCLA over the last few weeks ending January. So that's how close it is. The Bruins split the series with the Trojans. So dare they come together, it comes into tie-breaking scenarios. And we all know from football, we don't want to deal with Pac-12 tie-breaking scenarios. We don't want to do that again when it comes to seeding. We want to stay a leg up of USC, who did struggle a little bit with a little bit of Washington State and a bit of Washington this week. So I think the Trojans might drop one. But Arizona is coming with a fury. And barring that they don't drop one coming up, it looks like that UCLA-Arizona game very well could be head-to-head for the Pac-12 regular season championship. Because again, remember, Arizona's got to play both SC and then UCLA down the stretch. Over the rest of the the season, the Bruins still have to go to Oregon this week, which I thought in these next three weeks, if you included this Washington week, Oregon and the Stanford Cal week, that Oregon game in Matthew Knight Arena, which some people say is the worst court in, in America. I don't know. Seeing in person, it's not the worst. However, that Oregon game, I think, will be a lot tougher than what people thought this Washington State game would be. People thought this Washington State game would be tough. I think that Oregon game is a sleeping giant around the corner on a Saturday in little early to mid-February. That could be that punch in the mouth. Whether you win it or you lose it, it might be that wake-up call. And considering Arizona is waiting to pounce, let's look at this Arizona schedule, right? Who does Arizona have next week? They've got road against, they're on the road against Cal, in Arizona, they're on the road against Cal and Stanford. Mind you, Arizona just beat down both Oregon and Oregon State at home. Then they get Utah and Colorado at home, right? And Arizona State at home. So the tougher matchups they have in the next few weeks are all at home. And UCLA, mind you, their schedule does lighten up. They get Stanford and Cal. They do get the likes of the Oregon State matchup coming up on Thursday. But it is so tight, so congested between the top three. It was the top four, top five, closing in on the Bruins after they suffered two straight losses. But UCLA controls their destiny. Technically, Arizona does too. It just comes down to which team will not drop that little hidden game here and there. And if the Bruins can afford themselves some insurance, then maybe they can be ready to go for that Arizona game. And it might not be win at all costs. But you would love to get that Arizona game at the end and get secure that top 10, top 5 win, considering Arizona might be in the top 3, top 2. By the time the top 25 rankings are released, I don't know what they are at this moment of this recording the podcast, but with all the carnage, again, more carnage. Every week there's some sort of carnage, right? 6th number 1 team goes down, 10th top 2 team goes down. You can go down the list and see how crazy it is. The Bruins, despite their two-game slide, are just the latest in a year of college basketball filled with parody from one all the way down to the 360s. Or you can look at a Utah or dare I say what a Washington state who lost to a Prairie View A&M and then goes and turns around and get beats an Arizona team who is a top four team in the country and then, or will be, and then UCLA who looks good for sweeping them and Washington state still five games under 500. That's how weird this year is in college basketball, which is why half the people are saying UCLA can win a championship on the short list. Half the people are saying you can go look at other pockets, other shows, other places. You could say UCLA is the most overrated team in basketball. But I just think, despite their struggles, there's reason to see why they could lose in March. But there's also reasons to see why they can go on a dominant stretch through February and head into March riding a super big-time winning streak, potentially, if they can get through this Oregon week unscathed. Be ready to go heading into March. Arizona State, Arizona coming up at in the end of the regular season 
and be ready and have teams afraid to play the Bruins and lighten up their load in the first two weekends of the NCAA tournament. But they got to take care of business and know that Arizona and SC are just beneath them, ready to bite at their heels and take first place and even better seating away from them. That's what's coming up here for the UCLA Bruins. We'll preview baseball, softball. We'll talk a little more football. We'll talk UCLA women's basketball. Because they, oh my goodness, speak about a crazy turn of events these last few games. Man, we'll talk about the Bruin women, and we'll talk more about men's basketball as well. As a busy time, busy season is creeping up upon us with the UCLA Bruins and Locked On UCLA. That's why you should go check out Locked On College Basketball. Make that your second listen today. It's a good addition to the Locked On podcast family. If you don't listen to more shows, great, great set of podcasts. Locked On College Basketball, Andy Andy Shade, Isaac Shade, Andy Patton, excuse me there. They have a great show. Go check them out. Get your brackets ready for March. Go win your office bracket. Go get it all. Because, you know, if you're going to listen to this, I'm just going to tell you, put UCLA as the champion. If you want a real, full nationwide look at it, go check out their show. In the meantime, for Locked On UCLA, we'll talk to you next time. Put your hands in the air, Bruins fans. It's always eight clap time, baby. And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. You see. L.A. UCLA fight, fight, fight. This has been Locked On UCLA. The Bruins are on that winning streak, baby. Right. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Go, Bruins.